Hey, Professor, I'm having a bit of trouble with Pokemon battles. How do I upgrade their stats a bit? Just make them really big, man. Just just get in there. Get a bicycle pump. Just get them, get them in there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast backed by 120 Power Star rating, and the doors to episode 101 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me this week, as always, is Bryce DeWitt. How are we going, my friend? Good. That's good. (laughs) Uh, The 101. The 101, yes. We'll pass the 100. Yes, yes. That's what happens when you do an episode uh, over... 100 yeah, that's, that's exactly right yeah yeah, yeah 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 and thank you to everyone that uh, gave episode 100 a listen it was a uh, it was a big thing to put together but uh, listening back to it I'm quite proud of it how it turned out and yeah. how we could involve people that we've met along the way and people that listen to the show and yeah it was really great yeah, yeah for sure yeah yeah definitely a uh, fantastic episode yeah and if you haven't listened to it uh, feel free to go back and what's have, wrong a, have a listen you? to it yeah what's wrong with you just put the Reggie <laughs> little bit there yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, just uh, really, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> we won't be doing that. No. So, Bryce, this week we're going to be talking a lot about Pokemon Sword and Shield and uh, a little bit of uh, other news that sort of seeped out. A lot of E3 stuff's going on on at the moment, but we're not going to break into all of that. Uh, it's no. like a little little bits here and there, like a new uh, ukulele game and new Darksiders game and that, but we're not going to touch on all that. We might touch on it in the, maybe the E3 episode or something. Yeah. Maybe down the line, but... This episode, I just really want to concentrate on Pokemon Sword and Shield, get into the information for all of that. Yep. Uh, b- but before we get into that, Bryce, you've been uh, doing some dark hacking. Dark hacking? Jesus. I don't even know what dark hacking means. No, you've been modding, uh, you've been playing around with mods for Breath of the Wild. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I kind of wanted to briefly bring this up because, uh, yeah, it took my interest the past couple of days. And before I get into it, obviously, I do not endorse pirating. And I do not endorse uh, modding your console to the point where you can pirate to all hell. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do something like this, I recommend using an emulator or something instead. Uh, so with that, I'll, I'll go on with it. Um, so yes, I've been modding Breath of the Wild just for just to see how it's going because you actually see a lot of articles and stuff. Uh, floating around the place that are like, oh, Breath of the Wild's becoming like more playable on uh, PC than it is like the consoles is actually meant for. No, right. So, <laughs> you know, uh, 1080p, 60fps, some people are running 4K, you know. Uh, it's, this is the Wii U version. Yeah, is it? yeah. yeah, it's the Wii U version. So, um, I, I installed it, uh, I installed uh, the particular emulator, which I will not mention. I'm sure you can research yourself. <laughs> Um, and I gave it a crack, but I also went and checked out the modding community for the game as well. And it's really surprising, uh, how down pat these guys are getting modding down. Mm. Um, at the moment, I've just got some pretty basic mods running. I've got a link replacer. So instead of link, I'm playing as Linkle. (laughs) Um, and in that same mod, they change up all the armors to sort of fit the thematic of Linkle. Yeah. So every armor is completely different, and uh, then I've got like a UI mod so that um, 
when you go to the mapping screen for your, con- your controller, it shows an Xbox One controller on all the buttons associated with it. Um, that'll be weird. It, it is a bit strange. Oh. It is a bit strange. And then, um, yeah, yeah, I've just got some other simple replacements, I guess, and like an unbreakable Hylian shield, for example, so I can shield surf everywhere because underrated feature of that game. Mm. Um, so yeah, I kind of just I kind of just wanted to pay attention to that and sort of make note that really there's a lot of stuff that these modders are putting into the game that sort of just make me wow and that a lot of potential for Breath of the Wild could have been in modding similar to what Skyrim was. Yeah, it seems to be pretty similar to Skyrim where like people like break it open, get into like the the sort of UI and stuff and mainly like aesthetic stuff, like just like, you know, putting like Thomas the Tank Engine in there and seeing, yeah. <laughs> seeing how that works. Have they put Thomas in there yet? Have yeah. they put Thomas? Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I yeah, hearing um, something about it. There's a shit ton of uh, link replacements too. Like you look through it and it's like, oh, you can replace... Link for Ash Ketchum or oh, right. or Goku or Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, it, it's really extensive. There's, like, a lot of cool stuff to go with it. Uh, you can replace Link with Zelda, even if you felt like playing as Zelda for whatever reason. That'd be a good um, one, yeah. Some people have modded um, some of the more useless shields in the game to be, like, a dual-handed weapon slot mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, last week, there was a breakthrough in the modding um, for map editors, so people have been turning shrines into full blown dungeons, and um, okay, wow. One person imported bomb on battlefield into a shrine. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Apparently, it's something modders just like to do is import bomb on battlefield <laughs> into things. Into I, anything? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, no, it's it's really neat. Like all the stuff, and like I, I'm playing it normally at the moment because I just want to see like how the game performs if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I experienced some fri- uh, slight freezing, but I am playing at 1080p and 60fps, like, locked. And it's really nice. Like, it's it's really smooth. Um, and I know that, like, on the consoles, we still get, like, a pretty stellar experience, but, like, playing it in that sort of environment is just like, wow, imagine if Nintendo made a really nice box mm. and, um, it, like, Breath of the Wild ran like this sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I kind of just wanted to bring that up and say... Well, I guess Breath of the Wild is sort of slowly becoming Nintendo Skyrim in that community, if that makes sense. I know that um, Bethesda are now sort of doing the whole, I'll make you pay for mods deal. Yeah, and they that, tried and, it. <laughs> and, that's, and that's not fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, why they ever did that was beyond me, because modding is a community thing, and Breath of the Wild has actually got a really solid modding community for what it is and they're not hard to install or anything like that they're not difficult you don't need a separate launcher or anything all you got to do is drag and drop files it's really simple oh sweet yeah yeah it's not it's not even hard at all um but yeah i'll uh do some more um messing around with it and see how it goes i guess modding is not something i've ever been impartial to like with pokemon games and stuff like that people make excellent rom hacks and all that stuff to really change up a game or whatever and obviously it's a lot easier in those games but with Breath of the Wild it's I feel like it's Nintendo's biggest modding project if that makes sense Mm. through a community based system anyway Um, games like Zelda and stuff like that they have randomizers and some dungeon replacements probably probably Mario Maker would be the biggest one (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean officially yes but unofficially like community wise Breath of the Wild is is probably their biggest modding community in a way oh well 
um, in in the same sense that it is uh, a giant 3D game. You know, Mario 64 is probably uh, one of the oldest ones, mm. I think. Mario 64 has had, um, like, a ton of complete edits and, you know, there's um, Star Road and stuff like that, mods for Mario 64. Um, people speed run them all the time. It's one of the more established ones, but um, people are very particular. There was there was one guy that made an entire mod that was just one star, and it was just Trump's wall. Mario was Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, <laughs> it, it was it was yeah, it was it was a bit mental. But most of the uh, Mario community sort of uh, Mario sixty four community sort of wrapped up, and nobody's really making anything new for it. They're kind of just improving on what's already out there, like mm. Star Road and all yeah. that um but yeah breath of the wild's really budding and i really hope that this math editor kind of inspires people to make their own uh, little dungeons and stuff just to show what the kind of potential would be in the next breath of the wild if they made um made it more dungeon based and not shrine mm, if that makes cool. sense have you, have you spent much time actually playing it or are you just like yeah, tink- no. tinking around i've spent a couple hours so far um it's mainly at the moment it's just me sort of slowly introducing mods into my thing until I hit a snag and then go oop I have to go back on that one yeah so I've introduced maybe about six mods to it so far in about two to three hours worth of game time I'm off the plateau and I'm doing things and just adding them as I go just to see mm. what they're like so yeah it's um pretty good yeah I, I really want to see that Bob on Battlefield either. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can show you pretty quickly it wouldn't be hard yeah wouldn't be hard at all no that'd be cool yeah um, as far as me, I haven't been playing much this week, but just uh, I've picked up a Switch grip. Yep. Um, I had one for my 2DS, and it made the 2DS just feel so much better to hold. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I've got to do the same for my Switch. So I had, did a bit of research. I looked into some. Um, there were some that a lot of people recommended in that, but I eventually come down onto the Skull & Co. one. Yep, which Skull is, Candies. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... It's a. Uh, it basically just a uh, switch slips into there, and it sort of it covers up the buttons and that, and it gives like a sort of a, a rubberized feeling to the triggers and bumpers. Yeah, and that's that would probably be one of the. I don't know if it's a negative, but it makes the uh, the triggers and that a little bit harder to press down. Okay. Um, but I tested it with Mario Kart, and I never like missed a button press or anything in Mario Kart, and that was probably the one where I used the triggers the most in the in a Switch game. Yeah. So. I think like just use it more. Like the more you use it, the uh, you know the the more you'll wear it down, and it won't be as hard to press. Yeah, so it's not too bad. But it feels great. It feels awesome. Um, it comes with a, a bunch of handles that you can swap the sizes. So if the handles on the where you're holding it feel too big, you can swap it out for smaller ones or different shapes. Yeah, and it's really handy. It's yeah. also one of the only the only sleeves that I've seen that actually fits in a dock. Yeah, so, and it also fits in the dock. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't just like fall in. You've got to like put it in the dock and sort of push it down. Yeah, and I have noticed since since it's got since it is thicker and it's going to be pushing the screen more against the dock, it has scratched it a little bit more. It's put like a bit of a deeper scratch in it. Yeah, which so that's could, what you want screen protectors for. Yeah, it doesn't concern me because I have my screen protector on. But yeah. if you're like looking into a dock, or if you're looking to get this and put it in your dock, um, make sure you have screen protectors because you're gonna. I find mine, yeah. mine like my right side doesn't get scratched, no. but the left side of my switch does does I feel like I, I feel like it's the most important thing to buy one right off the bat anyway a screen protector yeah it, it is the first accessory I bought for the switch like without any 
like cause to reaction whatsoever mm. i bought a, a gorilla glass screen and put it immediately on there so that i knew that that screen was covered mm. um because you know life gets rough and tumble i've worked with um gorilla glass screen protectors before they're really good so that was the first thing i did with mine um and in the case of this kind of only makes sense that uh when people were having trouble with what was it was it the dock? I think it was the dock in the beginning where it was sort of leaving marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like just just little foresights like that. I feel like the the thing you need to protect the most is the screen before anything else, and it should be probably the first thing you put on your switch anyway. So, with that in mind, like if you've got a screen protector on your switch and you're looking for something um, that fits well in the dock, it's pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And it comes with a... You can like choose the colors of the handles. So the whole thing's black except for the handles. And I've got them to match my neon red Joy-Cons. Yeah. And you can get them to like match your gray ones, your blue ones, your Splatoon ones. Yeah. I think there's ARMS ones even. like it's, They've got pretty much all the colors locked down. So you can yeah, cus- and then customize the, it to that too. In the future, I'd imagine they'd like put out real real custom sort of looking ones as well, mm. probably. Yeah. You know, like themed ones. Yeah, I ended up picking it up on Amazon for 60 bucks, along with the case if it fits it well. Yeah. And the case is like a really nice hard case which you can fit uh, like 10 Switch games in. Nice. And like you've got heaps of room for cables and that too. So Yeah. Yeah. No, really enjoy it. It's really good. Good. Because um, like, I don't know about anyone else, but like the Switch is probably like the first handheld I was like starting to get a bit crampy on my hands. Yeah. Um, Like it's especially like if I'm playing it for like a, a long time. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, games like Pokemon and Breath of the Wild, that's what I was doing. Yeah. I was sitting there for, like, you know, two hours and more, just sitting there playing the game. So, yeah. um, hopefully this thing helps it. And So, I was finding myself, like, really enjoying playing my 3DS because I'm just... It feels so good with the grip. Yeah. But go back to my Switch, I'm like, oh, I need some, need some handles on this thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, no, really happy with that. I think it was a, it was a good purchase. Yeah, for sure. All right, Bryce, let's move into a little bit what's been happening since we've, uh, I guess, been gone. Well, not been gone, but been covering other things. Yeah. Did our predictions for episode 100, and we've sort of, uh, there's a couple of weeks there we haven't uh, talked about much, but really that was just the Pokemon stuff, so yeah. sorry, we can roll that into one episode. But uh, just two articles that I found interesting, which are interesting for both sad reasons, I guess, but won't go into this one too much, but FIFA 20 has been announced for Switch. And it's been confirmed that this version is a legacy edition of FIFA 20. So that basically means that there's no new features, no updates, no anything. But it's just going to be like roster updates Yeah, from, right. from now yeah. on. So basically, no point buying it unless you really want Enrique. Yeah, if you want like the new, <laughs> the new team update. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, switch tax, you know, you're going to be paying $90 Australian yep. for that. Yep. Um, it's another classic classic uh, case of EA doesn't know how to sell their product on a Nintendo console. Mm-hmm. I think, like, especially, we were talking about it two years ago, uh, just basically when we started the podcast. I remember EA was showing FIFA, uh, was it 18? 18, 18, yeah. 18 at a, um, E3, and they were saying, oh, it's a brand new FIFA experience re- remade for the Nintendo Switch. And at the time, we were talking about it doesn't have the story mode. Yeah. And we're just like, guys, stop giving us crappy products, otherwise we won't buy it. Yeah. And what it turned out to be is people did not buy it and now it's just gonna Yeah. Now it's just turned into this because they're not making enough money in on it. 
No, exactly. And EA is one of the only publishers where it's like they didn't embrace the Switch and because of that, that's why they're not seeing anything from it. Well, yeah. You're no. seeing, you're seeing, you're seeing half fasted. <laughs> yeah, you're seeing FIFA, and you're seeing like uh, a couple of these um, independent games they're bringing out, which they're publishing. Like, yeah. was it Fee and uh, oh, oh, Unraveled? Unraveled Two finally came out the other day. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, you're really not seeing any support from them. And no, um, I, th- I think it's just sort of, it's just uh, face palm worthy. I don't reading this. Like it, it just it shits me because. Yes, they. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It shits me. <laughs> it does. It it absolutely shits me because they just. I, I look EA. I've always had complaints about EA, but in the last year and a half or so, they've been even worse than they were before. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just doesn't. It's the whole roller coaster of like half arsery and you know bad decisions. Uh, monetizing the shit out of their games, like that—that's all common and clear. But for the people that do enjoy a FIFA and would like to play it on the Switch, yeah, FIFA's a good game. FIFA's, FIFA's a good, good game. game. Yeah, and like even I enjoy FIFA, and I'm not like you're not a football fan. Big soccer, yeah, you know, I like the game. Yeah, don't really enjoy watching it. But anyway, um, it sort of just comes out to this, like a legacy edition. A legacy you, edition on a not even what was it three years to switch? No, it's not. No, it's two and a half. Yeah, <laughs> legacy. Because I just, I just don't want to put the effort in. I just love the wording, like legacy. Legacy is the uh, what they used for the Vita, like after, don't know, four years. Legacy is what they used on the PS3 after the PS4 was out. Like, yeah, the Switch is not a legacy console, but this is a legacy edition of a of the third edition of the game on this <coughs> on the system. It's just yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Um. They just don't want to spend the money. They don't want to spend the money to, you know, downgrade it and do all this shit. They basically just want to sell the old game again with more shit Mm. and pass it off as 90 bucks and be like, hey, haha, you'll buy this because you're suckers. But no, I don't think anybody will buy this. And then they're going to be like, oh, well, the Switch is definitely not selling our products now. It makes me wonder who the hell's running the company. (laughs) It really does. They're just... You know, if you're not going to put out a quality product, you're not going to sell anything. Mm. And people people that do review this game are probably just going to be just as upset. <laughs> yeah. Just like looking at EA's sort of lineup this year at their EA Play and all of that thing. Uh, just re- regardless of this, the company seems to be in a bit of a hole <laughs> with their software. Like looking at their stuff, it's kind of like, oh dear. Yep. Mm. Battlefront 2 came out to what it was and... Yeah, Battlefront 2, Anthem, like, the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a Need for Speed game this year. Um, I hope it gets announced and it's, like, a a good one. Was, was there a remake of a Need for Speed game or was that just bullshit? Paradise? No, that's Burnout. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I saw something, but I didn't know if it was real or not. It must have been fake because I didn't hear anyone else talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, good luck, EA. Keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a bit more of an interesting one, Bryce. Uh, Projection, which is a Australian indie game, which we I've seen at PAX a couple of times. Yep. Uh, you got the chance to play it last year at PAX. It's a really interesting game where it is a very interesting game. It's got a really unique art style where there's like a, a sh- basically you're playing as a shadow puppet. Yeah, and you've got to sort of use the light to uh, do puzzles that way. Yeah, and like it was really um it really bent my brain, especially at PAX where like I'm running off no sleep. 
<laughs> and I'm tired as hell. But basically, this game um, was uh, was at PAX last year. We got to play it. We actually did an interview with the game developer, but Bryce didn't press the button properly. Or I pressed it twice, I think. You pressed it twice because I got back to edit into the podcast. And I noticed it was like a second long. I'm like, oh dear. Yeah, <laughs> shit happens. But I did play it uh, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. And it's unfortunate that... Um... Well, I haven't gotten to that yet, Bryce. So basically, it's not coming to the Switch anymore. Yeah. It's coming... It's exclusive to Apple Arcade. Apple have locked it down to come to their service. Yeah. Um, which is... Uh, which is sad really because I was really looking forward to this coming onto a onto a Nintendo platform with well, look, yeah because it's perfect for it because um, as much as I, I can play it on uh, my my Apple stuff um, just having it in your Switch in your hands um, yeah. with the physical controls this is how I want to play that game yeah um, obviously the touch controls and that are going to be I just like yeah <laughs> yeah I, I just feel like um it was it was kind of a missed opportunity, <laughs> mm. I guess, going to an Apple platform. If anything, like I, I get that apps do typically well, especially against like a real mm. uh, robust, obvious. Um, well, it's not just that. Like Apple Arcade, Apple are funding these games to be a part of their subscription service. So, um, I think like in the in the actual like legal jargon. I think they have to be exclusive. All, all of these 100 games they bring into Apple Arcade at launch are going to be exclusive. Yeah. So, um, I guess the money that come from that to fund the game was worth it in the end to obviously cut off other platforms because it was coming to PS4 and all that, I think, as well. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure, but I definitely knew that it was coming to Switch because yeah. I remember seeing Switch on their little banner. I'm like, oh, sweet. Yeah, Because exactly, yeah. The, the year before, it wasn't confirmed for Switch. Yeah. So it was good to see it uh, come, but now that it's not there. I'll read, a, read the article from Vox just from a, for a bit more information on the thing. But uh, uh, this is... Uh, who's, it, who's it by? It's by Oliver Brandon. And uh, he says, Back in 2017 at PAX Australia, the Vox team went hands-on with the utterly beautiful game called Projection First Light based by Sydney-based developers Shadow Play Studios. At the time, and even last year at PAX, the game was slated to be coming to Switch, PS4, Xbox One and Steam. That no longer seems to be the case. In April, Blowfish Studios, the game's publisher, published a blog post announcing that the game would be coming exclusively to Apple Arcade. This led uh, a little bit of confusion. The Blowfish website at the time still listed other platforms and several other outlets were still reporting on it coming to Switch even after Apple Arcade Arcade exclusivity has been announced. Um, Vooks reached out to Stride PR for public relations firm partnered with Blowfish Studios and after a number of emails back and forth, the following statement was revealed. Uh, Thanks for reaching out to us regards projection for Apple Arcade. (laughs) We have no comment on other platforms for the game at this time. So at this stage, it seems that the game won't be coming to Switch or at least not anytime soon. You can read our impressions of the game and the interview with the developers by clicking here. So obviously you can't click here in the podcast, <laughs> yeah. but if you want to find more out, Vooks has a you know all, all of the information you need on the game. Yeah, for sure. Friends of the show, a fellow Australian website, so go and check that out. Yep. But it is, yeah, it is a shame. It is a shame. This it is coming. a real shame. At least I really enjoyed it. <laughs> we might see, like you know, after a year, we might come to Switch. Then you know, Apple's like, yeah, we've had it long enough, and people have played it and all of that. But 
Is uh, uh, is is anybody really going to buy into Apple Arcade as much as they are current gen consoles? Though, like I feel like that's I don't know. I'm interested in it just as because I'm, I'm an Apple fan, um, and I'm interested to give it a go. And it ha- seems to have like a lot of interesting games, and with their new like controller support and all that, with their new OS and that, but makes it real easy to sort of get into it. I'm in- I'm interested in it. Yeah, but is it going to overtake like the literal what? Oh well, three consoles you've got sitting there plus the Switch. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't feel like I'm the person they're targeting. They're not going to take over Nintendo for me. They're not going to take over PlayStation for me. Yeah, I um, just. I, I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I see Apple Arcade as like a nice little extra bit next to my Switch, because um, I'll have my phone and my iPad and my computer. So if there's a game I'm like I look at, like Oceanhorn Two, that looks awesome. That's exclusive to Apple Arcade at the moment. Um, yeah, and I feel like. I would just use it as like a little, uh, little, uh, little cherry on top to the other stuff. But um, yeah, this was the game I was looking forward to. So right, okay, well, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, bro. So, so let's get into some Pokemans. Pokemon. Pokemon. Who's Pokemon. your favorite Pokemon? Is it me? Yeah. Cool. Anyway, let, let, let's before we get into the Sword and Shield stuff, let's talk about the sort of the the business conference they had they had the other week. Oh god! Yeah. So, so we don't we don't have to touch too much on this. This will be real quick. Yep. So first of all, what do you think of Pokemon Sleep? Let's just get into that straight away. Pokemon Snore. Sleep, Snore. Yeah. Um. What what I found really weird about Pokemon Sleep is like, oh, this is we're going to be making sleep entertainment. We're going to be doing this, and they talked about it for like ten plus minutes. Yeah. But they never actually said this is how we're turning sleep into entertainment. This is the app, and this is what you do. They just talked about the fact it's going to be a thing. Okay. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And yeah. E- even if they did the most in-depth analysis and gave it out for free straight away and all of that, I still wouldn't have really cared at all. No, no, I don't think Pokemon's- anybody really does. <laughs> no. And uh, was that also Detective Pikachu 2 was confirmed for Switch, which is cool, but they didn't even have a logo or anything for that. Yeah. So to me that just seems like, oh god, the movie's going well. Well, we better get a game out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we better uh, better put something out there. Yeah, better get some. Uh, do we have a logo already? No, not, not even that. At least Metroid Prime 4 had a logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a th- I'm looking forward to that. That that'd be good to see on Switch. Oh yeah, yeah. Won't be anytime soon. No. Next, next year at the earliest. Yep. Uh and we'll go into the mobile game. What was it called? Pokemon Masters? Pokemon Masters. Yeah, yeah. Pokemon Masters. That game looked cool. That had like a characters from other games and that, but... Totally a gacha game though. Yeah, so that, that has me disinterested already. Just like, <laughs> I, I want to see the characters. I want to see like all of that sort of... The the uh, the screens where they had like the... Uh, like you had like Misty and that talking to you. Yeah. It looks very mobile-esque, but it looks pretty cool having that, them actually voice acted and everything. Yeah. 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 So that looks pretty cool. I'll, I'll pick that up and I'll probably... Give it a crack. I can see myself like really trying, like trying it and putting like a couple of bucks in there just to see see how it all works. But as far as like Pokemon Quest levels of like, all right, I'm enjoying this. This is a game I really like. Not sure, probably not. I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. I think yeah. it's I think it's a bit too early yeah. to tell. And that was interesting because that is the DNA partnership we talked about yep. a few weeks ago as well. Yeah, which is weird because they also made the Rumble thing, hmm. did they not? Well, they mustn't have. Well, who oh, did? I don't know. Probably just. I know. swear it was DNA. Well, you look it up while we uh, bring up the next point. So, Pokemon Home. This was the one that actually got me excited, which was like the most basic app, <laughs> as well. I think uh, just having the having like a expansion of Pokemon Bank, where you can move all of your Pokemon into one thing and also access it through your phone and be able to trade. 
that really got me being able to trade Pokemon like with phones because like you think oh now that the Switch is port- so portable you'll be able to actually uh, <laughs> easily pick up your Switch and trade but now you just use your phone which is really cool you find finding that it, they're, is they're, it is is it yeah it is DNA nah nah that's it as, in, as it's cool no sorry oh, okay. I, I, I am <laughs> I am reading up on it um, all it says is the Pokemon company so yeah it's just I guess I guess it is just the Pokemon company but I, <laughs> I'd like to bring up the ratings and reviews real quick um, oh god I see red <laughs> I see red on your screen uh, yeah no don't worry about that don't worry about that it's, it's just somebody's icon because play, uh, play store um, oh, gotcha. we have the we have the averages here <laughs> yeah the averages in stars gameplay gameplay 1.9 Nice. <laughs> Controls 2.0. Oh, graphics 2.0. So the graphics are the least of its problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there's apparently a bunch of people. It's got an average of 3.7 stars, which is really strange. But wow, that's really high. <laughs> yeah, 3.7. But I would argue that that's probably more likely from um people who are fans of Pokemon. I guess if anything, but um bloody fanboys well yeah because <laughs> like everything else has been rated professionally at 1.9 2.0 2.0 like it really is just a very underwhelming game mm. and i honestly thought that was a dna partnership i guess not yeah because you said it to me i'm like really i swear I, yeah well yeah. if it that's the weird thing is it was on their fiscal report so it's kind of just like when that popped up i figured surely that means that's it then because when's when's Masters supposed to be around? Do we even know? Oh, this year sometime. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess it kind of makes sense. But mm. I, I keep the the thing that's annoying about it as well is that um, I forget that their financial year is earlier, end of financial year. Yeah. Which is where fiscal reports get weird for me because I'm like our end of financial year is next month, mm. and that's where all that kind of stuff that information would come out. So I kind of just assumed, oh, this is it because our end of financial year, yeah. But it's not the case. <laughs> it always throws us off because it's like out of nowhere. Oh, here's your report. Oh, all right. So you just read all the <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the stuff. Yeah. So just just going back to Pokemon Home, Bryce. What did you think about that? Good, nice, useful little app. Yeah, yeah. Um, it. Uh, will certainly sort of change up the way that we interact with the game mm. um, to some degree. It's mostly going to be Pokemon Bank yeah. uh, to a more wider variety and extent, but hopefully hopefully it works out well. So I guess if you go into a convention and you're like, whether your Switch is flat or you just decided not to bring it because it's too big and you don't want to put it in your pocket, you know, if you have all your Pokemon in the cloud and you're just like, oh, I actually have this Pokemon to trade and bam, it's there. Yeah. Like yeah. it's... It's, it actually like makes it a lot more freer just being able to interact with one another. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's our impressions of the <laughs> of the uh, business meeting. Yeah, it was uh, really bland conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty shocking. I don't know why they even bothered to uh, live stream it. To be honest, it's just one of those things where it's like, this is a look to the future. We're going to have these uh, apps to, which play off Pokemon Go. We're going to have a new mobile game. We are going to release a game for this movie that done really well because why wouldn't we? And also. Here's a thing for uh, Sword and Shield and all the other Pokemon games that would be quite handy. And that's all they had to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't have to watch half an hour of it. No. I, was, I was driving around our pad, like, I was uh, working, I was driving around checking the sheep. Yep. And I was at a, I was at a place where, uh, I'm actually, it was 10 o'clock our time, so I linked it up, so I'm like, all right, I've got to be at this, this, uh, this paddock to be 
checking them at this at that time because that's where I get the best phone service. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just driving around, just listening to it in the car, and I'm just like talking about Pokemon Sleep. I'm like, oh god, I want to drive to a fence if you keep <laughs> keep talking about this. So anyway. Uh, so we had a Pokemon Direct a few days ago. We did, and usually we would like cover this straight away, do an episode, and put it out. But we wanted to give episode one hundred a bit of time to breathe, so we, yeah, we didn't. And we've got E three this week, <laughs> so yeah, you know, we were already going to have a big week anyway. Yeah, so a, a lot of stuff in this uh, this direct, which is great to see. Um, yeah, yeah, wasn't wasn't too much in there. They uh, talked about some of the new Pokemon, some of the new features. And just we'll go. I guess we'll go straight off the bat, Bryce. What did you? I guess the biggest thing they announced was Dynamaxing. Well, yeah, it's their flagship for the game that was like Mega Evolution, Z moves, mm. etc. Yeah. And what what were your initial impressions of being like? Oh, look, Dynamaxing is weird, but um, at least it will not. Well, hopefully not. But I would imagine that it's not going to stay Pokemon exclusive. So yeah. like, yeah, Z moves were able to be used by every single Pokemon, but there was like a whole range of Z moves that were Pokemon exclusive. Um, yeah, a couple, yeah, here and there. Like the starters, Snorlax when he's holding the Snorlax. Snorlax Z, yeah, the Alolan Raichu one, mm. um, all that stuff. Um, and then Mega Evolutions were obviously very exclusive to a very small group um, of Pokemon out of the 800 plus. Um, but Dynamaxing looks like a system where they don't need that. Mm. And it can just be applied to any Pokemon, which is good. Uh, but as um, as a, a friend of mine had said when I was talking to him about it, uh, Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, a recurring character that pops up on this show, <laughs> uh, he said, what the fuck is with the balloon Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's how he described it. Yeah, and I mean, I, he's not wrong. Uh, that's kind of what they are. Um I, I appreciate designs and stuff like that, like Mega Evolutions and Z-Moves and all that stuff, but I understand that, like, trying to achieve that with every single Pokemon is a lot oh, more huge. difficult. Yeah. Um, but Dynamaxing seems like a good way to circumvent, oh, look, not just this set of po- Pokemon are going to be overpowered shit and viable on any mm. team. And, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's sort of... Um, made in such a way where it's just like oh look you Dynamax for three turns you've got a mega buff maybe they could have just done it that's not something as elaborate as making a Pokemon giant and awful maybe it could have been like similar to what the Dark Aura was except not evil uh, mm. from Colosseum yeah I, I agree with that uh, yeah yeah. like lo- looking at looking at back at all the sort of the gimmicks and sort of upgrades they try and make to Pokemon like looking at Mega Evolutions that's obviously the coolest but what it does is since that's so much extra work making like basically a new form for every Pokemon yeah it like we only got like 50 Mega Evolutions or something like that yeah so that, that immediately puts the pool down to from you know 600 Pokemon at the time to 50 Pokemon you can choose from yeah to like really be competitive like alright if it doesn't have a mega form, it's like, oh, it's instantly not as appealing as something like, you know, Aerodactyl, who can mega, ev- like, mega evolve. Yeah, yeah. And, like, with the Z moves, that was an attempt to be like, all right, uh, every Pokemon has access to enhanced power. You can use it once a turn. And yep. But what that turned into, oh, no, your Pikachu is versing a water type, bam, the water type's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, instantly. Yeah. But, I mean, it was like that with mega evolutions as well. Like, even if... Even if um, something mega evolved mm. it was always going to be weak to whatever the fuck 
it's week two, so it doesn't true, true. it doesn't really make all that much of a difference really. It is it is literally just ballooning Pokemon up instead of um making them change form. It's pretty much the same as Mega Evolution except it lasts three turns. Um but what I do like about Dynamax is uh what it's attached to. The raid battles. The raid battles. Yeah. Um so this interests me because I'm a big PvE fan. I play a lot of games that uh player versus everything. Um this includes MMOs and all yeah. that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this this really gets me excited because I like the idea of um, them having scaling difficulty raid battles. And then, you know, they could just... Uh, provided, um, like, things go smoothly and stuff like that, maybe there could be a system out where they um, sort of introduce events that are like Dynamax Legendaries and stuff like that that require, like, real harsh conditions... Um, and that would be really cool because that would just like help scale that if that makes sense yeah um, I think raid battles are a really good idea and it's something that we haven't had in Pokemon Pokemon's always been solely about the PvP um, unless you were playing Berry Maker I guess <laughs> <laughs> you weren't <though>. no <laughs> like that's like the only thing I can really think of that it was sort of just like oh look players are working together to achieve something really you mm. know uh so this is good um yeah. i'm really excited for this yeah like when I, when i saw like the four players come together i'm like oh yes because it it gives you like we're talking about post game all the time but actually having like i guess a multiplayer aspect where you're working together that's going to enhance the length of the game so much it Just, will yeah it will because um like i said it it is something where they can go hit a switch uh don't hit the switch <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they 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 hit a switch. Uh, a legendary spawn, a legendary Dynamax Pokemon spawns, and then all of a sudden it's just like, holy shit, this is going to be hard to beat and catch, right? Like that's that's something that they could do. Um, make like a, a mythical Pokemon that comes out like a few months after the game, which is like a brand new one, but like uh, that's how you catch it. That's yeah, how you get it. No, like, and yeah. like everyone is like on forums and social media, like really like pulling teams together and working it out how to take it down yeah. kind of like similar to what people are doing now like a Destiny 2 yeah and stuff like that and this is look this is this is very uh, inspired from Pokemon Go rating yeah yeah for sure um, Pokemon Go rating is a really good example of how that system sort of works for Pokemon um, it's I mean it should have been pretty obvious already it really is literally just the system of uh, players coming together fighting a t- fighting a target catching said target you know, um, it does it does introduce a very quick way for them to in, to keep up content in the end game um, with again Dynamax legendaries. Uh, obviously, I'm still hoping for an end game, and this is not a suitable replacement for a, mm. a personal challenge. Yeah, because like you want a challenge, but at at the same time, say you have all the Pokemon, which yeah. a lot of us do with uh, living Dexes in the Pokemon bank and things like that. Yeah. Just catching Pokemon isn't enough to keep you compelled. Like, no. Like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have this as long, as well as like a, I'm not going to I know Battle Frontier is beaten to death, but you know, something like where you can look at and say, I need to beat this. Yeah. In Pokemon battles, not just catching things. But the Battle Frontier from Emerald, as we've mentioned before, is one of the most spectacular in games they have. It took a lot of work to, complete uh but it was a 
very very huge part of the experience if you're really into pokemon mm, yeah for sure yeah i'm just saying like this is a, this is this is great but it can't be the only thing no yeah no and i don't think it will be i think no, probably i not, think no. i think dynamax uh dynamax fighting will um dynamax raids i should probably just call them um will probably be present throughout the entire game and not just the end game i think like obviously like i said before legendaries and stuff relegated to the end game but um yeah yeah, well, just just going off uh, going off of that. So these max raids will be taking place in the wild areas, yep. which are the, the basically areas between towns, which are really expansive and really cool looking, and it gives you movement of the camera, yep. which is like <laughs> such a like. Oh, you can move a camera in a in game, a Pokemon two- game. <laughs> oh, you can move a camera in 2019. So what? <laughs> but just just the way it's done and how like you can oh, it, it looks beautiful. It just goes on forever well not forever but it goes on for so long you can see and just the fact that each day the the terrain changes yeah so like you might explore it one day find all the nooks and crannies but alright I'm done but then the next day it's the desert oh so it's completely different like uh, maybe ruins you explored and now understand and you get to higher areas and things like that and now that it might be underwater and uh, yeah, it really excites me. I can see myself just watching all those Pokemon walk and swim around and mm. stuff like that as well. That Tyranitar that it's like cautious, cautiously avoiding through the sandstorm. And yeah, yeah. Seeing that melodic in a lake, like stuff like that's really good. Yeah, and that that water scene looked really pretty with that melodic, just like yeah. splashing about and like looked really good. Yeah, like um, some of the animations look a bit stilted, but I feel like that bit looked really good. It that, is, yeah. And just like this, this confirmed also that wild battles, not like they are sort of gone. They've got both of best worlds. So if you go into the grass, you can see like an exclamation mark pop up. Yep. And then if you want to engage in it, you can. But if you just want to go around it, you can also do that. Which is great. Yeah. Because yeah. in past Pokemon games, have done that, but it also had the wild battles still there as well. Yeah. So, yeah, really excited for that. Um, people, people wanted this. Like yeah. you could just like walk up to to them and get them. You can do that. You can see a Tyranitar in the distance, and you go, "Oh my god!" And you can actually like run up, run up to it, similar to how in Breath of the Wild you'd see a shrine, and you're like, "Oh, there it is." Then you'll yeah. go, you, then you'll go and get it. But you'll still go on the grass, and you'll pop up, and you'll get the thing you wanted, where it is brand new Pokemon. So, oh, what is this? And it just pops up in your face, and you throw a ball, and you put it on your team straight away because you got no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, um, it's. It's a bit of Breath of the Wild magic, I think. Mm. Like, it says it in the name in some degrees in its own, but, like, introducing big open areas like this to a Pokemon game is basically just asking for, you know, asking me for my money. (laughs) Oh, well, they had their money anyway, but... I mean, yeah, (laughs) the thing is, though, is, like... I'll throw it at them harder. Might leave a bruise. I yeah, want it that throw it it in a Pokeball at them. There you go. (laughs) Um, But it does. It genuinely looks incredible like you're taking the environment around you it looks beautiful it looks pretty and that was what was so great about breath of the wild and was underappreciated by underappreciated by some actually yeah. i know a lot of people are like oh this isn't the zelda experience i wanted and i'm just like but look at all the nice stuff what breath of the wild really excelled in was the horizon you could see the horizon whether it's a, a shrine ganon's castle a mountain there was always something where you're like what is that? Yeah. And looking at these screenshots, you'll see like... It encapsulates that. You'll see like... You'll see like the next town and you'll see like Big Ben, like the equivalent of Big Ben. Yes. Like standing there like, what is that? And you'll want to go there. You'll see a bridge. You'll see a valley. A you'll see a lake. <laughs> yeah, you'll see like a Pokemon, a building. Like the, 
it, I just really am looking forward to exploring this area. Yeah. And it looks absolutely stunning. And how do you feel about like, so this this wild area is where this sort of camera and exploration will take place. You go to a town or say a normal linear route and it'll go back to uh, Pokemon as we know it, what we've seen in Sun and Moon and all of that type of thing. Um, are you are you happy with that? Or would you be like, why didn't they make the whole game in this type of uh, method? Well, we don't know how far the wild area expands. And I think that is the major thing for me at the moment in being sceptical. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there, yeah, there will be routes and stuff in between towns and all that stuff. But we don't know how big this wild area is actually going to contribute to the rest of the game. Um, they obviously made a big point of it. Uh, so I'm hoping that means that it'll be a very prime place to catch a Pokemon if you're ever looking for some. And it will be worth checking every day. Um, you know... They, they haven't really said too much about the frequency of Pokemon. Like, you might only find Tyranitar at 10 and 27 on a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess now there are 900 and something Pokemon. There's almost 1,000 Pokemon. Yeah. The uh, the circumstances of finding each one are going to be a lot shorter if they, if they decide that all Pokemon are in this game, which in some ways maybe they might have to be, being the only Switch game. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Probably not, but... Uh, like say if you want to find like a, a Larvitar yep. like h- how many other ground Pokemon are you able to find at the same time as a Larvitar when there's like a Sandstorm on yeah yeah. like it might be it might be fairly hard to find some of these Pokemon which them coming up in the wild when you can see them in the distance go alright that's what I'm looking for and you head towards it that might be really useful for that yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I feel like wild area um, will be a huge portion of the game and team building and stuff like that uh, there'll be lots to explore. It adds a lot of depth, um, knowing that it changes day by day and the conditions change. And, you know, obviously some Pokemon will spawn at night, some will spawn at day. All typical stuff, really. But um, yeah, it adds a lot of depth in the uh, context of, I want to build a team. I really want to build a team. I really want this on my team. So how am I going to find this? You spot it one day, you miss it. You're like, oh shit, I didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. Time to find out you know write down a time talk to people figure out when this thing comes up and then work with it you know and then you know if you, you could just be lazy and take the trading route or you could do it yeah you know um i feel i feel like in in partial ways it's probably a good thing i don't have a living dates for this reason because i'd love to be like oh look shit there is a tyranitar there or hey look there is a i don't know a rampados or yeah, I think, yeah. and everyone's going to have that experience too because Pokemon Home isn't going to be available until early 2020. So yeah. even even then, we're not going to be able to transfer it over anyway. So. No, but yeah, you won't... My point is, is you won't stress so much about, um, you know, having... Uh, not find, not being able to track down a Pokemon. You're just like, oh, I'll get it later and move on to the next one because I've just got, I'll just go to my Pokemon bank or whatever. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um lot more to discover for you if you yeah gonna get 900 of the bastards i i'm going to be as fresh as fresh going in I'm, i don't think i'm going to transfer anything um at all so it really doesn't bother me at all um i'll just uh keep playing as it is keep going to the wild area and mm. see if i can find myself a shiny <laughs> yeah i really hope they've got some form of chaining type of thing oh back. they will yeah it yeah. happens every it happens every single iteration of pokemon um because yeah. yeah the developers see that people enjoy that especially on like twitch and stuff yeah 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 just so going back to like uh 
what I brought up with the towns and that, like not being in this 3D environment. I think that's quite good. Like having, say, having this section as the exploration, being like being able to do that, I guess Breath of the Wild type of thing. Be like, oh, there's a spot. I'm going to go there and there's a Pokemon and all that. But going back to the town, like I guess in the towns and the smaller routes, what get you to the towns, uh, you're not really doing that. It's just, you're there for like, I guess the story, meeting characters and uh you know going to gyms and all that type of thing you're not actually like looking around the town going oh look there's that and there's that type of thing yeah so i think that's a good like maybe keep the towns for like the moments where characters are like hey it's you let's show you how to go to the pokemart and all that crap where they take where they take you out of it hopefully this area is just no dialogue whatsoever yeah Mm. oh there'll probably be some dialogue in it but i hope it's not You'll get like some overbearing. You'll step into it and be like, your rival going, "Hey, this is the wild land, the wild area. And like this the, is where the, you do this." The problem, with, the problem with Sun and Moon, very specifically, was that it was so linear and so filled with dialogue that you felt like you had no room for expor- exploration. Hmm. And hopefully, this is the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we got five new Pokemon brights announced. Yes. Uh, off the bat, what do you think of the new Pokemon? Did you like them? Did you not like them? I didn't have any problems with them. Yeah. No. I, I thought quite, they were all pretty good. I quite like them. Um, so, the first one's Gossifleur. Yep. Uh, and its evolution, Elderfleur. Elderfleur. Elder Goss. Elder Goss. That's El- one. Elderfleur. Elderfleur. Yeah. Looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they remind me very much of... Um, God, what was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Gen 5. Um, Gen 5, Gen 5, Gen 5. Oh, my God. Uh, something... Pedal? Whimsicott. Whimsicott, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, they, it does too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, reminds me of Whimsicott in that in that sort of sense. It'd probably be supportish sort of role. Use a lot of um, underhanded tactics, some nasty plots, all that <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, next up is Dreadnor. Dreadnor looks really cool. Yes, he does. Uh, it's like a big snapping turtle. Everybody really wants this thing petition to have a Bowser shiny. Yeah, so I like saw Bowser. that. looks really cool. Yeah, it looks really, really dope. I wonder if it's going to evolve... I think it will. You reckon? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It'll, it'll, it all. It sort of looks like a baby, but it looks like it could stand on its own at the same time. Look, Kind of like what Drudigan yeah, was. Yeah, true. Do you know I, what I'm saying? I just find like, for the most part, single evolution Pokemon just to be like, eh. For, uh, the, for the most part. I, I, yeah, because everybody likes the gratification of, hey, look, I evolved this thing. Yeah. It, it changed it's, it's before kinda, my eyes. <gasps> it's kind of weird like Dredagon. Like, I never, never used him. Because mm. it's like, oh, it never evolves, never whatever. Mm-hmm. But like stuff like Lapras now, I use them all the time. It, yeah. it never evolves, so yeah. don't know what I want about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Lapras is so iconic and you you grow up with Lapras. and Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. Maybe Dredagon, maybe it's just a Pokemon I don't like. Maybe. Maybe that's probably just it too. Maybe. Uh, next up, Corviknight. He looks really cool. Yeah. When yeah. he first popped up in the trailer, uh, when he like came out the Pokeball, I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. But yeah. Pretty cool. Like a, uh, another steel flying. So like, a, I guess... A it's another, upgraded Skarmory. Another Skarmory. And uh, th- there was a picture also circulating on social media as well that you know, every uh, time you use fly, the animation is like a dark bird. Mm. And basically underneath, it just it just says like, he was with us the whole time. Because <laughs> this Pokemon is like the taxi of the... Uh, What's the region called again? Uh, Gala. The Gala region. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Maybe, I, I don't know if this design was based off, like, uh, those animations from past games of just, like, a dark bird. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. But, like, I guess 
if you just pretend it was, that's really cool. That's a cool Easter egg, I guess. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm I'm still at confliction with its type, though. Like, I understand that, like, it almost needs triple typing. Yeah, I know. It's one of those Pokemon where it's like, you can't get rid of flying because it's a bird, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if, it, if it's a knight, it's very much made of steel. Yeah. But at the same time, how is it not a dark type? Yeah, exactly. You've yeah. really... I guess the developers probably had the same thing, like, oh, should we drop flying? So like, we can't drop flying, it flies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can't really just make it a flying dark either. No, no, definitely can't. So I think they made the right call, um, dropping the dark, but yeah, really yeah. cool really cool Pokemon. Yeah. And uh, the, the one a lot of people love is Wooloo. Wooloo. Wooloo's really cool. It's cool. He's a sheepy. Because uh, Marip really, he, he always confused me. Marip looks fine, right? But why does it like evolves into Flaffy? It's like what happened to you? <laughs> Fen- Who hurt you? And then it evolves into Ampharos. Ampharos makes no sense to me at all. What is it? Cute Pokemon though. <laughs> why does it evolve from a sheep? What is it? Is it into meant- a giraffe? So it's like a it's barely a giraffe. What is it? It's got a really long neck. I know. It's got a stout body. It's barely it's got, a... It's got stripes. I'm pretty sure it's a giraffe. It's a weird looking Pokemon. I love I love Ampharos. Love him. Yeah. But yeah. it just... I always... Makes I, no sense. Though. I always <laughs> thought, why doesn't... Why does it evolve from a little fluffy sheep? Yeah. I just know this thing's going to get like a buffalant treatment though. Yeah, you can see it evolving to like an angry ram. Yeah, big angry ram. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I love it evolving to like a bigger, cuter sheep yeah <laughs> evolves into like you know that uh, Simpsons meme where like uh, like they're seeing like the cute lambs at the petting zoo like aww yeah then like the cuter one comes up oh then the other one steps in front of like get out of the way slaps it out <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine this one being like the less cuter one but it just evolves into a cuter thing yeah, yeah. and I, I guess as well this is a normal typing so this is the I guess the equivalent of like your zigzagoon and your like your, I guess your start normal type Pokemon yeah but I I for once, it's not a rodent, which is good. No, thank God, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, I would like to get one because I, uh, I uh, grew up on a sheep farm, so... Wooloo! I should just have a party of Wooloo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that's all of the new Pokemon. We've got five new Pokemon. How do you feel? I hope, uh, I hope they're really, really modest on the amount of Pokemon they show us before release of the games. Yeah, because Sun and Moon had that problem where everything got leaked. Because and... the, the, there is a sense of like, oh, we saw five Pokemon, show me more. But at the same time, uh, just imagine, imagine having all this information given to you while you're playing the game and you had no idea imagine if like a Pokemon just Dynamax evolutions and you're like what the hell happened here <laughs> and uh, Dynamax Wooloo yeah so yeah and uh, also the, there's a they also showed off characters so the champion of Gala his name is Leon he looks pretty cool I like that he's like based off a king of like the champion obviously based in UK yeah it's a cool idea yeah uh, your rival his name is Hop he uh, he apparently he chooses the weaker starter to you. Yes, by the looks of it, yeah. So there might be so this guy looks pretty friendly. There might be another rival who is a uh, an asshole and he's the stronger one. Similar <laughs> similar to what we've seen in like previous Pokemon games. I'm hoping he's a strong character in the sense that like because the last real good Pokemon rival I think we had was Hugh from Gen 5. Mm. Honestly, like he had a, he had a reason that he had a reason to fight. He was looking for his sister's purloin. He hated Team Plasma for that reason. All that stuff. Uh, 
and then ever since then, Gen Six, we had a trio of really yeah, that they were, they were forgettable as anything. over 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 bombastic forgettable people you and had, then yeah you just had like I'm a dancer okay and then how how <laughs> Why are you battling me <laughs> and then how in gen 7 was basically the same thing those rivals were okay though yeah. nah says <laughs> we only really had how though like we had we had gladion but gladion was kind of just an edgy boy I thought gladion was okay he was okay but he was just an edgy boy he, he had a decent story arc where how, how he was it basically no, in my opinion, he was basically like, hey, let's put silver in this game. This is exactly what silver was, pretty Very much. close to silver, yeah. It was pretty much silver. Like, in terms of uniqueness, I mean, like, the best rivals we've had was was Hugh in Gen 5. Mm. He was a really strong rival, because going back... Yeah, ri- rivals have really lost their way since... They probably, really have. <laughs> probably since even Gen 2. Gold and silver. Yeah. Going back that far. Like, obviously, blue, the first one, fantastic rival. Just yep. your just your typical rival. Like, silver, I'm gonna, fantastic I'm going to beat you, you're crap. Yep. And eventually you beat him. He's like, oh, God, maybe yep. you're not so crap. That's yep. the story. Quite, yep. That's pretty straightforward. Silver, the rival, was like, I'm a, I'm a thief. Mm. <laughs> he had a bit of nuance to him. Like, you didn't know why he was quite like that. You didn't know why and he was... we found out years later. Yeah. <laughs> and you find out years later that, you know... He was Giovanni's son. Yeah, which is like, oh, that makes sense, yes. Then, yeah. the, it, like, Ruby and Sapphire, the rival was just like, yeah, yeah, we're friends, and then, like, they never evolved their Pokemon, and they sort of, like, disappear halfway through the story. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> then they show up to the Pokemon League, they're like, you beat them! I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. <laughs> I forgot you. I have not battled you since you were going <laughs> shopping that one day. Weren't you, <laughs> weren't you that, that, that person on the title select screen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I had to choose what what gender was in my pants, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know, Gen Four was pretty much the same thing, except plus Barry and Barry was God. Barry, Bar- Barry was God. Barry was Barry. God, I really didn't like Barry. <laughs> I yeah. don't think anybody liked Barry. Did anybody actually like Barry as a rival? Don't know. Put in the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the rival. We got the professor. Uh, what's her What's her name? And the professor. Oh, what do we got here. The professor's oh, name is Professor Mag- Mag- Magnolia. Magnolia. Yeah. Okay, and she's into studying Dynamax. Dynamax. Because of course she she has to. Uh, yeah, she has to be up to date with the region's latest fad. Yeah. So what's the fad? Getting big. Uh, <laughs> and, and the professor has an assistant. Her name is Sonia. Yep, and Sonia is her granddaughter. Yeah, and she's like the internet craze uh, character. Um, she already has uh, countless fan arts, including over hundreds of hentai-based fan arts already. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. People latched onto her real quick. In the same week, it was like a League of Le- a League of Legends champion was announced, and uh, a new Pokemon character was announced. The Pokemon character has like far significantly more. No, oh, really, more fan art. Yes, like I'm talking. Is that hundreds and hundreds, whereas like the League of Legends champions, like more like under a hundred. Hmm. I wonder if that's because Pokemon's more popular, or just because Pokemon fans are more perverted. No, people just really latched onto Sonya. Like mm-hmm. they like a character design, I guess. She's a cool looking character. Yeah, she looks yeah. cool. Well, hopefully, she has like a bit bit more story. Like, like you had a 
you had a blue before, obviously. Um, he ended up being a Pokemon professor, and he had a, obviously a huge backstory of becoming the champion and losing yeah. it straight away. And that, like, she she might have a similar backstory. There's, I think, I, I don't know where I heard this, but there's like a, like, I don't know if it's a rumor or it was said somewhere, but she was actually the rival to uh, the current champion, Leon. Leon. Yeah. yeah, that might that might be and, a cool story arc. Yeah, and like it might have been that she used to be the champion before settling down and like after losing, settling down and. Uh, being the assistant to uh, sort of take over her grandma and yeah. that could be like a cool story yeah. Milo Milo the uh, grass type dream leader what a scary looking man <laughs> he's a youngster putting a buff man's body it's so weird he's I mean, a, but he's a bug catcher he's got the face of a bug catcher in a, in a, in a big buff, buff man's body yeah I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> it's so fucking funny <laughs> oh dear yeah, that's all I got to say about Milo. I, <laughs> <laughs> scary looking man. He has a cool Pokemon Pokeball uh, holders, three each side. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so that's yeah. Something, that's something I noticed. Right, what do you think of the, uh, the the player characters? So that I like them. The male and the female you play as. I really like them. I think they're great. I do too. Yeah, they look like awesome. and I mean I enjoyed I enjoyed Sun and Moons as well. Uh, wasn't it was kind of impartial to Gen Sixes, like. Serena was okay. I like Ser- yeah, I like I like them. I like them too. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just something about the mouse design just sort of gets me. I think like he's he looks a lot like he's he's trying to look a lot older than he actually is. His hat looks kind of odd, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> you can change the hat so it's alright. Yeah, true. The the, um, the only thing I feel about uh, these I guess the new protagonists is like you take obviously you customize them a lot in these newer games. But apart from that, uh, especially the males, they look very similar, like the last three generations. Yeah. From like 3DS, uh, now to Sun... Oh, what's it called? Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the girl looks fairly different because uh, of, of the hairstyle and everything, but you'll be able to change that. She'll probably look similar too. I feel but, like these guys um, are very casual. Mm, I like that too. Yeah. yeah like, I, I, I think... I. That that's sort of just what gets me anyway is like their initial casualness. Um, it was it was pretty similar in uh, Sun and Moon as well with mm. the protagonists there. They also look pretty casual and it was pretty appealing to the eye. It's not like um, uh, you know going back and they all had backwards caps and hoodies and stuff. They they've got you know beanies here now and mm. it all looks that's cool, pretty good. Uh, who who do you think you'll play as? Oh, the, probably the female, the girl. Yeah, yeah. typically, typically do. Um, it's it's. I play females in a lot of video games mainly because their customization is a lot more varied. If that makes sense, I feel like boys don't boys in video games don't actually change all that much. Mm. Um, this is talking about like clothes wise and stuff like that. I just feel like there's more effort put into the female side of it for whatever reason. Um. So, yeah, I typically end up cho- uh, choosing the girl. And you know what? Part of the reason I'd probably choose a girl this time around, too, is because of all the memes. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of character. She has a lot of character. The memes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm undecided. Sometimes I, sometimes I play as the girl, sometimes I play as the boy. Uh, was it in Let's Go, I played as the boy, but I'm sort of leaning towards the girl. Yeah. I don't know what it is in... I don't know how weird this is going to come across as, but in video games, I kind of... If I play as a girl, I like making them look pretty. Yeah. No, no, and, and, that's, and, and, that's and, the point of them. It's, it's it's not because I'm like, I want to be a girl myself. No. It's, it's not because I want to just stare at a pretty girl on my screen for hours and hours either. No. 
I don't know. It's just I like doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, no. As well. I it, don't know. I don't know how to put it, but... It's the customization aspect of it. It's the same reason that right. I... Like I said before, that I play females in most of the video games is because a lot of that stuff is varied. I feel like if you want to make a real butch female, you could like dress her up in a tuxedo or something like that or, you know, yeah. sort of really go into it. But it's very, it's very rarely often that you can be like, hey, let's put this man in a bikini... Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> that makes sense. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's just me. It is a less un- a little less unappealing to the eye because of my own sexual orientation to have a male in a bikini. Uh, but yeah, it did nothing for him the other day when I dressed up as it. No. Yes. <laughs> but I, I I do like I do like getting like a really nice dress or something like that and dressing up a female character in that and being like, cool, mm. that looks really nice. You know. Yeah. Could just, could just be me. I, I, think, I don't know. I don't it's know also this. from like, you know, in the back of your head, like X and Y, the female character had like literally double the amount of clothing options. Yeah. Yeah. So you just got, you know, you get to a new town as a guy and you were like, oh, here's some t-shirts. Yeah. Here's a t-shirt. <laughs> here's a cap. Yeah. yeah. But the girl had like so many options. You could just like, mix, like really make your character unique. Yeah. Just because I guess, I don't really know. Because I guess a guy, like the developers are sitting there being like, oh, well, I guess we can give him some shirts. Yeah. And some shorts and some t-shirts and some jumpers well they did a really decent job of it in um like just just looking into the clothing i was looking into the clothing options the other day for ultra sun ultra moon because i haven't bothered um but they actually did a pretty good job in that regard they kept them pretty well even and then they had a male exclusive outfit and a female exclusive outfit at the end of the line so you know just looking at stuff like that it's good to see that they're trying to even them out a lot more and all that stuff i guess but I think uh, with the female, especially with the associated jokes and comics and all the fan art and all that stuff that's come out because of the female. Yeah, just voice chatting over a raid. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're throwing your Pokeball, you're like, do your bloody thing! <laughs> you just do some uh, impersonations that you're doing. It. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the male hasn't had much attention at all this time around, but... Doesn't look Scottish enough. He doesn't have the big pom-pom on his hat. That's the... A- <laughs> that's the problem no no I, I do like him though I don't think I, yeah, I, don't, I don't really have a problem at all I just think like the female has kind of just taken taken the attention a bit more and I think that's the case for most people anyway mm. I like how they uh, if you if you look at their uh, you can look at the male's pockets and you see like the, the green pattern weaved into his pocket then you see the green pattern uh, on the female socks trying yeah. to give that sort of uh, I guess like Scottish vibe yeah on their clothing yeah, yeah. no I, I'm really happy with how they look too yeah, yeah. I've got no complaints with how this game's looking, Bryce. Oh, of course, we haven't talked about the legendaries yet. Yeah, better talk about that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot about them. What did you think about these guys? I, uh, I really, in, I really quite like them. Uh, Zashian and Zamasenta. Mm-hmm. So, uh, every everybody relates uh, Zashian to Sif from Dark Souls already. Yeah. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, dog with a sword in its mouth. Yeah, knew that was going to happen. Uh, I think it was pretty atypical. Just considering we already had the logos, what these Pokemon are sort of going to end up like. Yeah, wolves. Um, mm. You know, wolves wolves that are aesthetic around a sword and a shield. So, um, I, I would have to say that Zamazenta turned out a little more different than I expect him to, uh, expected him to. But uh, Zashian turned out exactly how I expected him to, with a sword in his mouth. You know, he hasn't got a sword on his head or anything like that. Yeah. Because that'd just be like, hey, it's Keldeo all over again. Which I'm happy about. I'm... Yeah, I'm quite happy that he's just holding it, like it, because I, I I hadn't seen the Dark Souls boss before seeing this. Yeah. So when he's holding it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, 
Because I, I was afraid it's like, oh, I've got sword feet. Oh, slash, 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 slash. <laughs> like that type of thing. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, I'm definitely happy with how they turned out. And like, yeah. I really like dogs. <laughs> so just yeah. seeing uh, dog designs, or obviously wolf designs, but... I still feel yeah, like really cool. uh, Zashian's probably going to take the favourite and everybody's going to pick sword. Mm. And well, then actually, well, to... that's a good that's a good thing. Which one are you going to go with, sword or shield? Look, uh, we've yeah. got to have this conversation, bros, because we've got to. Uh... No, this this always this always comes strictly down to exclusive Pokemon, right? <laughs> always comes down. So, if I'll try to avoid as many leaks as I can up until release, but I always check the exclusive Pokemon in each version before I make my decision. Okay. So you're not going to make the decision just based off these two legendaries here? No, never do. Okay, because yep. I was about to say we need to we need to figure out what we're getting because we've got to like yeah we've got to be able to trade. We'll have lots of options. Stuff. We'll have other friends and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, trade yeah. With, but <laughs> you'll be the most immediate one to me. I, I think I think I'll go. With, I'm going with sword. Okay, and I feel like I'm. I always seem to pick like the underdog as far as the versions go. You reckon? I think I did. Yeah. But like this time, I don't think I did, because I feel like swords are a lot more popular as far as what I can see online. Because what did I, what did I go with? I went originally I went with sapphire instead of ruby. Yep. I went well. This one wasn't was it fire red instead of leaf green? Leaf green was the under one um, for that one. So then diamond and pearl. I went with pearl. Yep. Uh, I went with heart gold for the next one. Went with black version. Then I went with uh, white two version, just because I followed the same legendary. Uh, then I went with Pokemon X. Then I went with Sun. So I guess I do, yeah, mix it up a bit as far as like five the- out of nine. I think mm. I think if if I mathed it out correctly, yeah. you picked the um, yeah. So sixty percent of the time, pretty much, mm. you picked the um the unfavorable. I guess uh, like there's, there's always like a masculine sort of version of it, like a feminine version. Ah, uh, you forgot. Let's really. go Pikachu. You pick the you pick the obvious one there. Oh yeah, did so. I like Pikachu. You know what? It is fifty fifty for you. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, because legendaries at the end of the day don't hardly ever use them. It's not really going to matter to me. Yeah, that true, much. true. Yeah. Um, just like, so it's just what you want on the box on your shelf. Yeah. It's 100, 100, or we could just pick up the double pack and not be dumb. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> but, um, because the thing is, like, I'm going to have it, have it downloaded, but I'm also like, oh, this double pack looks all right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so am I going to buy it three times? I don't know. I don't know. But does the double pack, does it, will it come with each game in its own normal plastic case as well as the extra metal case? Or I actually just- think it might be just the one case. The one steel book because we have a gold. Well, actually, hmm, uh, very good question because I know that EB Games are doing a golden steel book. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Oh, it all looks. Uh, I think I'll wait. I'll, I'll wait before I double any money down on that. Um, I don't I, really like steel books though. To be honest, I'm not a big steel I like book them. person. They're pretty. They're yeah. pretty. Because I got Persona Five in a steel book, and it's just like it just stands out from everything else. But like, it's uh, the best steel book ever. It's so pretty. That's a great steel book. Yeah. It's a fantastic steel book, and like if you, you still got like, you still got the plastic cover over it, which a lot of steel books don't have. That still keep the, like the back stuff on it. And yeah, yeah. it's one of the nicest steel books released. 
All right, still book out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> still book out of ten. Um, but look, uh, uh, whether I buy the double pack or not is like questionable in general. But um, it is a very pretty steel book. But <laughs> as I've known with EB Games, they've always packaged steel book editions with the original case as well. But in the case of a double pack, I don't know how that's going to work. Where it's the actual publisher organising the yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. Oh, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm mainly digital download anyway, so... I'm yes, like, you are. You're a digital man I'm, in a digital world. Digimon? Yeah, well, speaking of Digimon, these are... A lot of people are saying they remind them of Digimon. Obviously, because of the... the no, con- it's because of the aesthetic. Well, the connection of, like, I guess, Grumon, who was a wolf. Yeah. Digimon to these guys. And, like, he is blue. These guys have blue on them. You can sort of see, but... Um, I don't think they really look too Digimon-y. Nah, I think they look fine. Yeah, Did you a, see- a lot of a lot of that would be coming from the fact that they're based with like their own unique weapon, I guess. You know, a shield yeah, and a sword, which is obviously doesn't happen very often in Pokemon unless it's like really ingrained in their design, like Shield on, mm-hmm. for could, example. Yeah, I could see them like versing like WarGreymon or something. You could see that. Yeah, <laughs> and it wouldn't look out of place. No. As opposed to like Pikachu or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> these are legendaries. These are meant to be a bit more intricate in their design and all that rather than just a wooloo. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Ross, I think that's uh, that covers it all for the Pokemon games. Yep. Uh, really looking forward to these. It's going to be playable at E3, so a lot more gameplay is going to be coming out. So <laughs> excited for that. Exciting. I'm keen to take in all of this information from E3. Um, I really hope, though, this this type of information at this pace isn't kept up like every every two months if they're if they're like here's a Pokemon and here's something so okay I can put up with that but like Sun and Moon they they were just rolling and rolling out of like new at, Pokemon new Pokemon new Pokemon and it was just at this time of year considering like what month it is now it is roughly six months till this comes out okay yeah November 15th yeah Yes. I would be happy with them putting out like a Pokemon a week and just being like look here's a Pokemon because you still probably wouldn't spoil half of them by the time it's out mm, yeah I guess with Sun and Moon it was like oh hey look here's the demo and then it was just like oh, here's everything here's everything <laughs> like you know I'd, I'd be happy the, I'd just, it's it's really questionable whether they're going to even have a demo version yeah if any if anybody out there who listens to this as well is like alright I'm shutting myself down from Pokemon I'm not going to listen to any more I'm not going to watch any more and you want to keep away from I guess spoilers um, I, I do put in all the time stamps and everything in the episode so if you want to skip Pokemon discussions in the future that is an option for you if you listen to this as well yeah but please don't because I really love talking about Pokemon, so don't skip that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Bryce, that brings us to the end of episode 101 of The House of Mario. Yes, it does. Yes. Bryce, where can they find you if they're like, Bryce, I want to see you on Twitter, but where are you? Uh, Ivy Revan. Ivy Revan. Yep. That's cool, fun. cool. And you can find me at iDruby, and you can find the show at The House of Mario. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and leave us a five-star rating. It helps out the show a lot. And we are a part of the 8-Bit Collective. Uh, 22 podcasters and 10-plus podcasts come together to put some awesome audio content in your ears. If you want to see more, follow the uh, 8-Bit Collective hashtag on social media or go to 8bit.net. And, uh, Bros, where can they uh, 
find our Discord? <laughs> you don't know. Well, you no, can... I was supposed to know the Discord link. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you can find it in the show notes. But yes, that's what that's what the, I was the, the way the way you said it made it sound like I was going to repeat the link right off the top of my head. <laughs> I was just expecting, yeah, you can find the invite in the show notes, but you just broke. <laughs> yeah, you just went cross like that. I went dial up modem. <laughs> Alright, thank you very much for listening, guys. And Nintendo Jukebox this week is by Glitch City, is a Pokemon Sword and Shield theme from the trailer remix. It's really good. Uh, get hyped for Sword and Shield coming later this year. And later this week, we'll also be doing E3 episodes and everything. It's going to be great. Um, so stay tuned for that until, until next time catch you later bye